From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, today we celebrate two forms of art with the same purpose, reaching people. We'll speak first with Seneca Wilson, the motivational poet, about how he uses poetry as an escape and a tool to motivate. Later, hip-hop artist Fifth Child joins us to talk about his love for music and the passion for youth. You can join in the conversation today. Our question today is this. If you could only receive one present this year, what would it be? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING or email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy Monday. Today is a great soup day if you uh, get a chance to get a little bit of soup because it's soupy outside, nice and rainy and cloudy out there. But that's okay. It's Monday. We are, what, two weeks till Christmas, something like that. We're uh, coming down the countdown. So I know Sharita's already got my gift ready. Oh, you know this for sure? I heard crickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're giving me the same thing you got me last year, right? Yeah. Nothing. Uh, so. Friendship. Friendship. Love. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, I haven't started shopping Stuff for anybody. Stuff I can exchange, right? Right. There you Ex- go. Exactly. Invaluable. Uh, uh-huh. The thing is, I haven't started shopping for anybody. I like one of you had time to. Last minute shopper. Exactly. Oh. I'm, I'm a very, very last minute shopper. So I have said this year that I'm going to go ahead and just start early and not wait to the last minute because it's just not wise. I know. It's just not good to go into the convenience store on Christmas Eve and go buy ashtrays for everybody in your family. It just doesn't work out very or well. Or gift cards. Now, I don't know. Maybe this is a question we could throw out to our listeners, but gift cards aren't necessarily personal. You know, they seem like they, there's not a whole lot of thought about yeah, I it. guess I don't know. I guess I'm getting old. I, I get kind of a big smile when I get a gift card. Yeah, I, I guess like it depends that. on who who it's coming from. And, you know, I'm also at the stage of my life where I get excited when I go buy socks. So there you go. <laughs> so they, uh, but running socks, they're, I mean, specialized socks. They're a little bit. Hey, You say that. That's so funny. I've, I told my granny I wanted socks for Christmas, and she is just really having a tough time trying to find the ones I want. I told her I wanted the ones that uh, that come up by my ankle, and she is really stressing out about this. Really? She's like, Rita, I can't find these socks anywhere. And I'm like, Granny, just just get some. But she wants to be on point and get what I asked for, so it's really sweet. That is sweet. That is sweet. <laughs> hey, we got a great show today. Seneca Wilson will be joining us in just a second. He's a motivational poet, uh, a brand-new dad, newly-minted dad, and he just got a job promotion to his day job, too. So we look forward to Merry talking Christmas to Christmas to Seneca. No kidding. No kidding. Always <laughs> nice to get a promotion in this world. And Fifth Child will be joining us a little bit later. He's, of course, a rapper and quite a good one as well. And so we look forward to talking to him. And, of course, that question of the day is this. If you could only receive one present this year, what would it be? Sharita, uh, what would be your one present? Uh, World peace. Uh, I guess that's that's the the typical thing to say. But, I mean, really, really, just a little (laughs) more. These days, yeah, actually, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah, a little little more peace around here in society because things are so divisive and, and tense. And I just want it all to stop. 
I don't, I, just, I don't know that it ever will, but I wish it would. <laughs> I would just like to be healthy. That would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I woke up yesterday at four in the afternoon. Oh, good for you. Yeah, cold and flu season. You got to love that. So mm-hmm. be careful of the little pills that say they help you sleep during the night. Uh-huh. They'll help you sleep during the day, too. So, <laughs> But so, do you feel, feel better now that you've had 16 hours of rest? I do feel a lot better, yes. I, I've been on the road, of course, with the book, and that's been fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I, last week I was in Hattiesburg and was in Tupelo, and that was a lot of fun. This week, I will be in Greenwood, and then, of course, I'll be back in Jackson. I think Tuesday night, I'll be at Turnrow Books, which is in Greenwood, downtown mm-hmm. Greenwood. I'll be there at 530, signing the book, Drawing the Line, which, believe it or not, Sherita, I know this may shock you, but Friday will be my 20th anniversary in Mississippi. Wow. I know it. Are you a better person because you've lived here for 20 years? I think so. Okay. I, and I'll tell you why. I think Mississippi is one of those kind of places that challenges everything that you believe mm-hmm. and makes you really think about it. And so I think I... I'd like to think I'm better after the last 20 years, but I've been very grateful that this community and this state has been accepting of me and my work, even on the days when I'm completely uh, a jerk, which, you know, <laughs> those tends to happen with the cartoons, but, I, you know, that's part so of it. So the book is kind of a reflection of your experiences here, uh, well, through the eyes of your cartoons from the past 20 years. It's amazing. It almost turned out to be like a history book because mm. you look at all the issues and some of it that you completely had forgotten about, but right. we, we've really had um People always ask me, well, why would you move here from San Diego, which is where I moved here from? I'm not from San Diego originally, but that's where I lived before here. And they're like, well, the weather's 74 degrees and sunny. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we have like the world's greatest politicians to draw cartoons about. So yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty easy, to be honest with you. But a lot of things have happened. And of course, my job's changed a lot over the years. And that's been fun. So, But at the end of the day, I mean, I just truly looking back over the last 20 years and just feel gratefulness. Good. Because you know, I mean... It, Back in the day, the way you would get like a cartooning job and then you'd move to another paper up, a bigger paper, and then you'd move to a bigger paper. Well, that all changed somewhere in the middle of that because the newspaper business changed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I have actually turned down a couple jobs to stay here. And uh, believe it or not. Yeah, I did. (laughs) No, I mean, I had a chance at the Tulsa World, which was a very nice paper in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to move there. And it would have been a a big step up in pay and everything else. But at the end of the day, I was trying to figure as nice as Oklahoma is. And don't get me wrong, I liked it. Uh, I, I like it here better. And yeah. it was it was a choice. You know, I mean, I'm not a Mississippian by birth, but I am by choice. Although that um, some people it's funny when you read the comment sections on some of your cartoons, sometimes, you know, you're kind of like, OK, well, maybe I should leave tomorrow, you know, but that's just, that's just a handful of folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the Cowboys lost. They um, did. I'm it, sad about that. It was close too, 10 to 7. It was like a miserable Miserable weather. It was too. a very sloppy game. Yeah, I think Dak was affected by the weather. I could I tell. I think so too. I could tell. He yeah. he just did not adjust well. No. But this this morning, ridiculous talk about oh now Dak should be feeling some kind of pressure that Romo is going to come back. Are you serious? Yeah, you have a bad game. And One bad game out of what twelve? Are right. you serious? Are right. you serious? I, I know. Like, These people are crazy. Like, well, you know, leave so, the man but alone. we're a microwave society now. You know, it's like True. every you know our attention spans are less than 140 characters for a tweet. So it's like, well, we forget what we've done in the last 12 games. We're going to be really <laughs> mad about this one. So. Ridiculous. Uh, Star Wars movie premiered Sunday night. Oh. Star Wars Rogue One, and mm-hmm. it's actually a prequel to the first Star Wars, not the. Well, the four Star Wars, which was the first Star Wars, this whole thing gets confusing. Yeah, I can't keep up. I just try to enjoy the movies. As You'll they like come this out. one. <laughs> Apparently, Darth Vader's in it not much, but the time that he's in there, he's like really scary. Oh, okay. And so that's cool. All right. So I, when is it available for us to watch? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But at the premiere, they had an X-wing fighter sitting in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. Oh wow! Like a full-size <laughs> X-wing fighter. Oh wow! I mean, that was like my inner geek. 
Because uh, I always wanted an X-Wing. I think that'd be very handy to commute in every day. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. Just take off in the backyard and fly down to Jackson, land at the paper. That'd be perfect. It'd work out great. The so. Star, Wars, Star Wars franchise, they sure do know how to make money to have this movie coming out well, right I mean, around Di- Christmas. Well, and Disney <laughs> took it over, too. And, I mean, Disney just raised the, the promotion up to a, just like to 11 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Now, there was obviously a few people that said there was like trying to some people trying to put a political connotation to it. And they were protesting it, but that went away real quick because I realized that this is kind of crazy. That's, yeah, it's make-believe, folks. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie. But anyway, that's about all that's going on, I tell you. Um, I, you know, it's really, I was just thinking about that's all I do is book signings and book signings. So, But it's been fun. But So let's just go ahead and go on into our guest because we have a great guest. We have Seneca Wilson is in the studio. Seneca, um, you're, you're from Pascagoula. You went to Syracuse. And I bet you're glad you're not in Syracuse right now. Good morning. Yes. Oh, man. I am so excited that I'm not in uh, Syracuse right now because the snow is crazy over there right now. The weather outside is frightening? Yes, it is frightening. Yeah. (laughs) How long were you up there? I was up there for seven years. Oh, good grief. That's long enough to pick up an accent. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it's funny because... I am from I'm from the South, you yes. know, I'm from Mississippi, yes. and I go up there and they can't understand me. And then I get up there and then I come back home and now no one here can understand me. So, you know, I'm in the middle of uh, a Northern and a Southern accent. So I, right now I'm all over the place. My very first speech, I, when I came here to Mississippi, I, I was in a group full of women and I said, thank you guys for having me here. Yeah. I was like, I cut wind. They all just kind of <laughs> looked at me like, you ain't from around here, are you boy? So, I know, right? I, know, I had to get my, they pick up. I, I had to start using y'all again and dropping my G's and stuff like that. But but welcome back home. And what brought you back? What brought me back is uh, I have a nine-year-old. He's on the coast in Pasigula. That's a good reason. Yes. There's my son, Tylen. And he got to the point where he's playing baseball, football, basketball, and um, he just got... He's busy. He's he's busy, and, and, and when I bring him up to Syracuse, it's more of like I'm taking him away from all of these activities, his friends, and it got to the point where it's like, you know what, um, if I can find a job uh, somewhere close at it, that's in um, education, that I will come back and, you know, come back to Mississippi, and uh, a job opened up at Jackson State University. There so, you go. Yeah, you answered yeah, prayers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, it was, I, I think, you know, it was a great blessing, you know, you got to trust. You right. got to trust. And um, so um, I took I took an opportunity because, you know, it was it's scary just getting back up and moving. I'm bringing my wife um, at this time down here. Did you, you meet know. her up there? Oh, man, I had to go up there and get her. You know? <laughs> yes, I met her up there. And, um, you know, she she took this leap of faith with me. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been great because now I get opportunity to to go to his baseball games and, and you know, see the championship game. And yeah, championship game because he's always playing in the championship game. So, uh, uh, you'll, if you can't see this on the radio, but he's starting to glow with pride now. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's a blessing to actually, instead of seeing or hearing on the phone sometimes, um, Dad, I hit a home run. Yeah. You know, I can actually be there and see the games and things like that. So um, it's a wonderful thing being home. Very cool. You you start realizing how important time really truly is. Yes, yes, it is. Definitely. Yeah. Boys and Girls Club was a big part of your life. Talk about that. Wow. Um, man, I, I know um, for me and for probably a lot of the, a lot of other kids, the Board and Girls Club has been my foundation. It's yeah. where it's where I got my confidence. It's where um, you know I was able to 
to get friends and to to have a mentor, people to care, uh, not you know not just your family, but some someone to have enough um, to care about you and want you to succeed in life. So um, the Boys and Girls Club I joined in 1992. I, I lived in Charles Warner Projects and. And the Boys and Girls Club came in 1992, and I was like the first person at the door, you know, looking for something to do, looking for something to get into. And it was amazing, and I I stayed with it. And, I mean, I'm still a a part of it. I'm a a part of the alumni group, and, um, and we, you know, we try to give back now because we know how important it is for our kids to get, like, different scholarships um, um, this last what I think it was in um, May, I believe it was uh, the steak and steak dinner, uh, where we all we offer our uh, youth of the year a five hundred dollars scholarship for um, to go off into college and do some great things. So um, it's the boys and girls have been a part of my life, um, and it's the reason why I'm actually successful today. Excellent, so, excellent. You have a new book out, it stairs to the top, and it's yes. filled with your poetry. And that's pretty fascinating. I mean, what led you to poetry? Was this an emotional escape for you? No, not really. I actually, um, I, I guess, bumped into it or fell into poetry. Um, my friends, when I was in junior high, um, crazy story, they wanted to start a, a singing group. And unfortunately, I can't sing that well. That is a slight problem, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I wanted to be a part of this group. I, I, I had to be a part of this group. And so I said, you know what? I will write the songs. And I started writing songs. And, you know, the songs were, I, I thought it were, they were pretty good. Um, I don't know now. Now I look back, you know, it probably wasn't. <laughs> so um, the, the songs eventually turned into poetry. Yeah. And so um, I started getting better and and this whole thing about Deaf Poetry Jam started coming on and I started looking at that. I was like, wow, um, I can do that, too. And so I found my own voice and I I actually did my first uh, my first performance at Southern Mississippi, Southern Mississippi, where I went to school at. And everybody seemed to enjoy it. So I was like, uh, let me stick with this. And. You know, I'm, I'm right here now. So. And, you're, and you're still writing. Talk, talk us a little bit about the, the message of your poetry. And, and you talk about love a lot. I do. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, when when you grow up in, in the projects and you see a lot of people don't have a lot of things. And yeah. um, my mom, she was she was just this great giving person. She she still is. And she did a lot for everyone in the in the neighborhood. And um, so. I saw that, and I know that you need to give love because people need it, you know. And yeah. um, and I want to share my words, and my words all revolve around love and God because um, you never know who life you're going to save. You never know who's going to need a, a handshake, a hug, or some encouraging words. And so um, everything that I write about, mostly, most of the things that I write about is going to be around love um, because I want to make sure that um, at some point in life— a moment in life, someone actually experienced some type of love because some people don't. Yeah, you know. So, um, and that's what I tend to write about, whether it's with my my wife or my family, or just you know trying to encourage somebody. We'll continue that thought and after take a quick break. Of course, we're talking with Seneca Wilson. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, our question today is this: If you could only receive one present this year, what would it be? 877-MPB-RING or email me at marshall at MPB online. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio on a nice, misty Monday. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. Why, you say? Well, we do have a question of the day. If you could receive only one present this year, what would it be? Like I said, it's 877-MPB-RING. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. And since Seneca... Wilson is sitting in the room. Let me ask him that question. If you could only receive one present this year, what would it be? And I think you've already received a big present about a month ago. Man, I have received a lot of great presents. Uh, uh, having a newborn, my, my son, Declan, Trinell Wilson, um, he's a great blessing. And uh, also, um, you know, I'm the director at the Walter Payton Center now. And that's another great present. So I've been getting a lot of gifts so far. But I guess to to have a gift it would be to spend Christmas with my family celebrating all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny? I mean, you're starting to sound like you should start wearing cardigan sweaters and everything. You're like, you become an old guy officially. I but, you, but you figured you figured it out. It's about time. Yes. It, it really is. is about time. It is. It truly is. You no, know, but I, w- I wouldn't mind taking a, some socks, you know, Christmas socks. And socks are good things. I mean, really are. I, I never would. I, I, I officially become old. You yes. know, it's like, you, I want some you, good socks. You know when you're old. Uh, you, yeah. You want to tie some socks. Now, if I ever start wanting to tie, somebody just needs to go ahead and take me off to the farm because there's something wrong with me if I want to start wanting to tie. But anyway, I tell you what, you've got a new book out, Stairs to the Top. Um, Congratulations. It's a collection of your poetry. One thing about your poetry, you're kind of a motivational poet, aren't you? I am a motivational poet, and uh, my passion is people trying to get them to be a better person, get them yeah. to be better in life. So, um, Well, that's a good thing that you're at a fitness center. That tends yeah, to help. right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also used to be a, a, a basketball coach as well. Really? So um, everything that I do is, is all about motivation. Yeah. And so um, when I came up with my name, um, they always talk about, Getting an avenue that you don't know, you don't see a lot of people in. Yeah, and so I knew poetry was one of my passions, and motivation is one of my passions. So I kind of try to create that that lane, motivational poet. Right. Because um, I don't think there's any motivational poets out there. That's 
So, yeah, we yeah. could Google it real quick and find out. Probably your name would pop up on number one. I hope so. So Google that name, please. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You're also a life coach. What is a life coach? Life coach. A life coach is someone that is going to help you throughout life, not not yeah. a trainer. Um, some people get a life coach mixed up with uh, a personal trainer to help you get you know physically better. But a life coach is someone that can encourage you. You know when you're going through your situations. Um, I used to help out with the men's uh, basketball team at Syracuse, mm-hmm. where you know some of my students and some of uh, the basketball players they need someone to for some guidance. You know yeah. because it is you know when a student coming in for them um, as a freshman or coming in, um, they need someone to go to, you know, hey, um, I'm, I need help in this area. You know, how can you help me? And and, and most of the, the biggest thing is about listening and, you know, and hopefully having a solution to, to give to them. I think it's, yeah. hard, it's hard sometimes when you got everything in the world coming at you at once. Yeah. It's sometimes hard yeah. to sit down and make priorities, and I, I would think yeah. that's what you help people do. Yes, I do. Yes. Um, it's all about um, getting your priorities uh, figured out um, and what you want to focus on in life. Because yeah. sometimes we're all over the place, and we're and, and a life coach is someone that can sit down and, and, and figure out a strategic plan to get you in the right place. It does tend to help some. It does help when someone is like a neutral party. Yes. And isn't everything isn't emotional yes. to them? Because I mean, yes. when you're sitting there and like everything was coming at you, yeah. you're like you get emotionally attached to all these things, and sometimes you make bad choices. So mm-hmm. that makes all the sense in the world. We talk about the economics of poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that may be an oxymoron. I don't know. <laughs> is it possible to make a living out of poetry? It is. Yeah. Um, you you have to really commit. Yeah. You have to really commit to doing poetry, being a full-time poet. But it takes a lot of work. Right. And, and when you commit, you have to go all the way in. And um, I don't know if I'm at that point yet um, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still working. I'm doing um, – I'm, I have a full-time job. I have, you know, a new baby on the, uh, which is another now. full-time yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. So I encourage anyone to, to go in that Avenue if they're really committed and ready for that. But, um, it is a grind and, um, it's going to take a lot of energy because you're moving from place to place and poetry sells, but it's not, it's not as big as, you know, if you have a hip hop artist or, you know, but I think I'll be honest with you. I think that poet, poets should make uh, more than hip hop artists because um, a lot of times we are, we are providing the truth. Yeah. Um, we are, we're educating. And I think when you're educating and, and, and sharing your words, um, you know, you should get paid for that. Yeah. So, well, and especially I would think if your poetry is motivational. Yes. Right. There you go. That's important. Yes. Definitely on that. Can anybody be a poet? I think everyone's a poet. You know, yeah. I, I know there are going to be some people that are probably rolling their uh, eyes right yeah. now. <laughs> I guess the definition of how, like a professional poet or yeah. whatever the case is, but um, I believe everything in the world is poetry. And so. If everything in the world is poetry and whatever you you, you tend to write down, um, if you consider it poetry, I mean, who's to argue with you? You know, right. what is the definition of poetry? You know? Yeah. And well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm good at rhyming. Yeah. yeah. There once was a man from Nantucket. So I'm yeah. good at that. So, but we, we won't finish that thought as well. Um, I, no, I don't know. I, I've always admired people that could be good poets. Yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm a writer, yeah. but I mean, to be able to do what you're doing, uh, yeah. to me, that's like knowing, having command of the English language in a way that even I can't do it. Yeah. So. No, it, it is some skills when it, you have to have some skills when it comes to being able to put words together in the right place and yeah. formatting your poetry and just, you know, coming up with a... Um, a way of saying it in a different way than anyone else will say yeah. it. Um, that takes a lot of skill and practice. Um, but I don't limit anybody from being a poet. Well, so. let's let's hear a little bit of proof of that. Why don't, oh. you, why don't you read us one of your poems? How's that sound? All right. I'm going to see what I got here. This um, is Seneca Wilson. Of course, his new book is Stairs to the Top, and he will be reading us a selection from that. You know what? I'm going to read... Since you mentioned the Boys and Girls Club, I'm going to read that poem about the Boys and Girls Club. That works. I'm going to read off paper just because I don't want to mess this up. This means a lot to me. Okay. The Boys and Girls Club of Jackson County. My career started in 1992 when the doors opened up to my foundation. My life stands on pillows of multiple beating hearts, pumping blood into veins of determination and drive. My success is owed to the Boys and Girls Club of Jackson County for having a vision to serve at-risk youth from the streets and to provide a place of need and purpose. I was only 14 when the those doors opened and charged one of projects. My hood wasn't all bad. Just misguided souls never being told or taught how to live life. Some never exposed to love. Only mimicking, only mimicking images learned on the streets. The Boys and Girls Club was exactly what we needed. Another place that we can call home. And for some kids, it was the only place that we cared enough to call home. I can only remember maybe three of my teachers from elementary to high school. But I can remember each and every coordinator who touched my life at the Boys and Girls Club. Miss Cat, Jennifer, Snow, John, Iola, Miss Denise, Mr. Thomas, D, Brian Miss Dixon, Chico, Angie, and Beeve. They are all pieces of the puzzle of me and when I look back on it. I went from being soft spoken, timid, and scared to open my mouth for what I wanted, to having courage, confidence, and demanding nothing less but the very best for myself. So I proudly spread my wings throughout this journey called life because I know that the wind will always be there to support me. And for that, I promised to always turn my head back like the Sankofa to give back what was given to me, a dream of a new reality. Excellent. Fantastic. That is, of course, Seneca Wilson. His poem is from Stairs to the Top. How can folks get your book? Well, you can go on Amazon. It's on Amazon or any um, bookstore uh, online, and uh, but mostly Amazon. Or they can go to my website and order at SenecaTMPoet.com and just look up Stairs to the Top. Fantastic. Yes. And stairs to the Top. I love stairs that. Stairs to the Top. Exactly. Thank you for coming in today, and thank you for sharing with us. No, thank you guys for having me on. This has been wonderful. I had a great time. And good luck being a dad. You're going to have a very special Christmas this year. Thank you very much. It's going to be great. Definitely. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas and presents, if you could only receive one present this year, what would it be? We have Tommy from Gautier on who's got an answer for us. Hey, Tommy, how are you? I'm doing pretty good today. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for calling. What would be the one present you would, would receive? Four more years of President Barack Obama. Well, I think the Constitution may have a slight problem with that, but Sharita's in there clapping. So, so. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, def- why, why do you say that, well, yeah. uh, Tommy? Um, I just have been so thankful to have him as president for this last eight years, and uh, just, I mean, he's the best best president I've had in uh, in my memory. And my life is short, twenty seven years, but it was a great way to start it all out. It's so interesting because there are so many people divided on whether or not he's been a good president. I mean, some people say he's been the most awful. And, I mean, you, yeah. you know, there are so many oh, it's, uh, varying there opinions. Are, there are many people in the middle on this one. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have just enjoyed seeing uh, the Obamas as a family, uh, you know, Barack and Michelle, oh, and the kids. That, that has been wonderful uh, to see. So that would be, you know, when I, when I say I'm kind of fascinated with them as a family, uh, so I'm not necessarily speaking from a political standpoint because those things can get very, very complex, but I've just enjoyed uh, seeing them as a family in the White House. Oh, as a cartoonist, you know, that's great. You yeah. Know. <laughs> Thank you for Can't your wait call, to see Tom. Where he goes from here as well. Yeah, yeah, I do wonder. He's probably going to go back to playing basketball or doing some golf or something. It's going to be real uh, interesting to see how he is post presidency. Some people are saying Michelle should run. Do you think she will? No. I hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe well, she'll. Thank won't. you so much. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. Thanks, thanks, Tommy. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Question today is this: If you could receive one present this year, what would it be? Call us at eight seven seven MPB ring. I know. I got to think as a cartoonist, what kind of present what i i think i've received a lot of good gifts this year come yeah, to think of have. it it plenty of material plenty of great <laughs> material it's not been dull this is now you're talking on mpv think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's alright. It's okay. For real. Uh, it's okay, love. You can walk away, love. It's okay, love. You can walk away, love. Walk away, love. Walk away. Walk away. Walk That's away. Walk Away Love by our next guest, Fifth Child. This is Now You're Talking on MPP Think Radio. Thanks for listening. Fifth Child in the house. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. You're doing well. Yeah, I'm awesome. Yeah, that's right. Okay, question today. I'll throw this at you, too. Okay. <laughs> if you could receive only one present this year, what would it be? If I could receive one present this year? Yeah. Ooh, wow. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, maybe something for my dog. For your dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really blessed right now, man. I don't, I don't care you don't about need a much. whole lo- yeah. lot of material things. Most of, most of the stuff I want, I have like records, exactly, like old vinyl, <laughs> like, exactly. So that's, that's what. I, hey, now know, watch it now. Don't be looking at me when you said old. Okay. <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I resemble that remark. So, yeah. so yeah, just something for my dog. For your dog. Yeah, Forget what kind yeah. of dog you got. I got a Shih Tzu, man. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Probably thinks he's like 10 feet tall. Oh, he thinks he's grown. He yeah. thinks he's tall. He thinks he's a human. All those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. Not uh, spoiled at all, right? Napoleon complex that I have. Exactly. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, you developed a love for hip-hop early on. Who introduced you to it? My brother. Really? Yeah, my brother. My brother um, actually was uh, writing and recording. Well, I don't know if he was recording a whole Is lot, he a but bit he was older writing first. Seven years. Seven years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but my CD collection. 
selection was just whatever he was listening to at the time. Isn't that funny how that works out like that? Yeah, because that's the same with my sisters. You know, they're eight, mm-hmm. eight and five years older. It's the same thing. I mean, I listen to stuff they listen to, not right. Yeah. But in addition to being exposed to hip hop at the time, I was also exposed to Santana and Curtis Mayfield and Earth, Wind and Fire at yeah. the same time. So I was getting you're getting a all good sorts education. Yeah, you didn't yeah. even realize it. But you, but I mean, you were you were when you got introduced to it. Did you think about you were someday you were going to go into it? I don't think I, not until people heard it and said, you know, you're pretty good at this. Yeah. Funny you know, what a little encouragement will do, huh? Right. No, Especially seriously. You're, a kid, you're like, hey. In hmm. in in the opposite way, you know, yeah. because I'm awful at basketball, and I learned that <laughs> early on, so I pretty much left that yeah. alone. But with music, you know, I was getting people actually complimenting me. I was like, okay, well, maybe there is something to this. Maybe I'm a writer. It's funny because I was a football player, and then I was a cartoonist, and I figured out that cartooning didn't hurt as bad. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, like, wow, I could draw a exactly. cartoon and I'm not like in pain the next day. So <laughs> right. I think I'll get into this. So I understand that. Carpal tunnel, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah. I know. I have to really work at that. But <laughs> you started writing as a teen, though. I mean, so that's good. I mean, what were you writing about back then? I wrote my first lyrics at the age of 11. No kidding. Yes. And I remember the first part of them, and I'll say them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as long as we don't have to bleep you out. That's oh, okay. no, no, oh, no. No, <laughs> no I, remember, I remember me as a teen, so, you know. <laughs> Man, my first lyrics, I, I was, so I wasn't Fifth Child at the time. I was just, I don't know what I was. My my initials are SLB, Stephen Lee Brown. Yeah. It was like, it's an SLB, scratching rhymes like a flea. But at 11 years old, I, that just blew my mind. I was like, oh, man, that's so cold. That is good. That is no. good. No, no. God, I'm just well, that's okay. I look back at the cartoons I drew when I was 11, too. Right. Yeah. So there you go. I thought they were fantastic. So talk about the name. How'd you come up with Fifth Child? Well, wow. okay, so I'll give the shortest version I can of this story. Um, oh, we got 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the youngest of actually four kids. I'm, the, I'm actually the fourth child. Okay. Um, so I had been rapping way, you know, like a long time ago, obviously since I was 11. But when I started getting around 14 or 15, I was actually battle rapping. Like if you ever seen 8 Mile, yeah. the Eminem movie? Yeah, I was doing stuff like that oh, yeah. at uh, this place called Seven All Arts Cafe that was uh, owned by Ezra Brown. So I would go on these lyricist lounge nights, and I'm battling, like, grown men and stuff like that. And so um, when I was 18, I remember sitting down in the living room with my mom and my sister. And my I was just talking to my mom about, like, if she ever got pregnant again after I was born. And she and my sister just kind of paused for a second and looked at, looked at each other. And then she was like, well, no, I didn't get pregnant after you were born. I got pregnant before you were born. Oh, wow. So the fourth time I got pregnant, you know, we already had three kids. And your dad was like, oh, you're trying to load me down with kids or whatever. So um, So that one didn't quite make it. But then um, she was at the hospital about to have the operation, had the gown on and everything. And my grandmother was like, no, don't do it. You know, just have one more. You know, don't get your tubes out or anything. And so um, the nurse walks in with the clipboard like, all right, Miss Brown, you ready to go? And she was like, you know what? Never mind. Got up and walked out. Wow. Nine months later, I was born. I didn't know that until I was 18. And so I was like. Man, I almost didn't make it. Yeah, that <laughs> so, kind of like, okay, right. I got a really special thing going here. Exactly, exactly. So the name Fifth Child is a reminder to me, like, someone was sacrificed for you to be here pretty much. So yeah. if you're going to make music, if you're just going to live in general, you need to do something significant that's going to positively impact people. Okay, that's one of the most powerful things I've heard in a long time, because that really is a completely get your head right kind of moment. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I constantly have to watch myself and just make sure I stay focused. It is hard, though. You get caught up in the day-to-day stuff sometimes, and it's really tough. And I, I've, you've, I mean, you've been, I guess prolific would be a good word for it. I mean, seven albums? 
I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I'm always looking forward. I mean, you're definitely. using your talent, and that's yeah, that's yeah. important. You know, I mean, because I know a lot of people that can do things, but they never do it. But seven albums—that's incredible, and they all have themes, don't they? Yeah, they, yeah. they do. They do because I was never—I um, guess I never put too much weight in what people say, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to—I didn't want to be a mixtape rapper. Right, I, because you know I didn't want to keep continuously putting out music for free, um, but even more so, I want to put out music that I want. I want to make a career out of it. Yeah, I really do, and I want to do all original stuff. Right, you know, so and that's tough because sometimes when you go to the club or you're performing, people want to hear other stuff, but you know you, you're up there doing your own original work, which is powerful. Right. Yeah. Right. And then just being a southern hip hop artist, it's in our culture to do a lot of things independently because we yeah. didn't have Sony or you know, Interscope right down the street from us. So right. we had to learn how to grind and get it on our own. So finding out about digital distribution, going and getting the CDs pressed up ourselves, writing, writing on the actual CD until we have the, the money to take things further. Yeah. Absolutely. And your, your studio is your bedroom, isn't it? My studio is, well, now it's just the studio room. Okay. okay. <laughs> now it's for, it, historically it's been my bedroom, but now I dedicated that room just to the okay. studio and so housing my records. Couch, right. So right. <laughs> the dog gets your room, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. On that. Talk about your, the new album is my conversations with God. Yeah, do you have you have conversations with God all the time? Yeah, all the time. And what's interesting is rather than it just being during prayer, I have conversations with God when I speak to people. Yeah, when I'm driving down the street, when I'm watching a movie, the the simplest things I see God in in a lot of different things, and not just in church. Right, and um, just kind of taking the taking the chains off of that, taking the leash off of my spirituality, so it's not just something directly very from formal. the Bible. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly, because it's a relationship. Right, it's yeah. a relationship for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm not trying to sound weird about this, but do you ever hear back from him? Okay, so it's in. The I mean, the weirdest okay not I, the Moses burning bush style but I mean you but little little signs right you know. for, so for example um I have a lot of friends who are non Christians and I'm totally cool with that right. if that's you know the if that's how you choose expression that's perfectly that's fine mm-hmm. yeah right and so um and I don't feel challenged well no I'm sorry I don't feel threatened by communicating or being friends with getting close with people who don't share the same right. views as me, because for one, it makes me be more enlightened because I have to know if my faith can't be challenged, then how strong is it Right at the end of the day? And so I was, I was just really meditating on that and listening to thinking about some of the music that I listen to. And if all these people don't share my beliefs and my putting myself at risk, but then I, um, uh, read my Bible this morning. It was talking about Solomon and how he was really wise as far as to to the earth standards, but then he was also like screwing up in his life because the relationship part, the relationship part wasn't there, mm-hmm. and so many people try to shove doctrine and um, and beliefs down your throat, but there's no relationship, and I think that's where the disconnect is. Right, that's where bigotry comes from because you're not following these laws the way I think you should, but you're totally missing the point about <laughs> right. love God, love each other. You know what I'm saying? So. So that's that makes a very good relationship. Definitely yeah. power. And it's funny because I mean, you know, this is a very, very uplifting point. You, you some of your albums a little bit darker, like a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit of question. I mean, like when you graduated from college, you had a little bit of disconnect because you didn't really know what was next. I love that you've done your research. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pianos in the dark. It's all very, very transparent. 
because I'm, I'm not an outwardly emotional person. So most of the people in my life at that time wouldn't have seen me down and depressed yeah. or anything. But as soon as I pick up a pen, it's just, it all comes out. Yeah. It definitely all comes out. It's my therapy. I tell you, people that don't chase the that have never chased the dream don't understand sometimes how scary and difficult it can be because you've got it in your heart. You know you're going to do it, but sometimes the path isn't there, or it doesn't seem obvious. And so you literally take that step into faith, and that's tough. Absolutely, that's tough. I have a um, my my brother, a good friend of mine, um, seven thirty, and also amazing artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it. We're both Gemini's, and so we'll call each other. Just at random and say, man, I'm having a Gemini moment today. Like, Gemini everything could have been yeah. going great. Like, MPB aired the Ampton Wire show, and everything's great. And, you know, do the show, and it's all good. But then I'll just be sitting at home, and I'll see something on TV, like a rapper who, I guess, didn't have to work that hard or wasn't putting in the, the time. Yeah. And they're blowing up, and it's like, man, I don't think it's ever going to happen for me. It's just like one day out of every month that that happens for oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know that feeling. It's it's like me. I'll be sitting at a book signing and I won't sell a book for like three minutes. I'm like, I'm a failure. My <laughs> life is over. You know, and then somebody comes up and buys 10. Oh man, I'm going to make this. And then I sit for another three minutes. Oh, that's terrible. My life's over. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Taylor, let's take a quick break. A question of the day is this. If you could receive only one present this year, what would it be? Of course, it's lighting up social media. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. Pretty easy. Just type in Marshall Ramsey. And that's, of course, and you can, or you can call us the old-fashioned way, 877-MPB-RING. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. It's all right. It's okay. For real. Uh, it's okay, love. You can walk away, love. It's okay, love. You can walk away, love. Walk away, love. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I want to say a quick thank you for listening. Couldn't be anything without you. And, of course, you make this show great. Uh, speaking of a great show, right now we have Fifth Child with us, and we'll get talking. Man, he's kind of done his Santa Claus thing. He's brought me some gifts. So I'm, I'm, yes, yes, yes. So any, any uh, guest that brings me gifts, of course, Seneca Wilson left me a book. I tell you what, this is just Christmas come early. <laughs> we do have a question today. If you could receive only one present this year, what would it be? You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. The only present I want this year is for Sharita to be nice to me. That's all I want. What? what? She's looking well, at she's me. Always she's always nice. Like, what do you oh, mean? I know. She's yeah. And she's got uh, the frail type hat on today, too. It's looking pretty darn good. <laughs> That's very nice. This is my Cam Newton hat. He's a Cam Newton hat. Wow. Yeah, okay. And the scarf. Cam Newton has a very interesting sense of style. Hey, I don't like it. You've had, a, you've had a better year than Cam Newton, too. You think so? I think so. Financially? No. No, not financially. Oh, okay. Concussion-wise, yes. Yeah, concussion-wise. You haven't been gotten like but three But it has concuss- been challenging for him to go from being the MVP to the to the Panthers to have such a challenging uh, season. I mean, I can't imagine going from that high, being in the Super Bowl, to this low. It's bad. 
Bless his heart. Yeah, bless it. It's I know, bad. He just probably has his Scrooge McDuck room full of money he goes and rolls around <laughs> in just to make himself feel better. See, there he is right now. He's calling you. All right, Fifth Child's on with us. You do have a day job, which is actually pretty cool. You're the yeah. assistant director of outreach at Get to College. Now, what is that? Oh, man, I love it. Yeah. So uh, it's a nonprofit. We help students get into college and find the money to pay for it. Period. Well, hey, really? I need to talk to you. I got three boys. Look, hey, yeah. we're right around the corner from you. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good to know. Right there on, uh, on the corner of um, Lakeland Terrace and Lila. Okay. So seriously, people are probably sweating that right now so they could get in touch with you and you can help them out. Absolutely. They can actually just call the office, um, 601-321-5533. Yeah. Talk about that because, I mean, you know, it's real scary now because you can technically go through college get a, a a decent job, but not enough to pay for what it costs to you look, go to college. Look, and that's where we come in with the college counseling. Because a yeah. lot of times parents would just come to us and say, hey, I want you to help me, you know, find my kids scholarships. Okay, it's more than honestly just about finding scholarships, yeah. first of all. Because if you don't have a plan together, you're still going to end up screwing yourself up. Yeah. So I talk to students about job shadowing. How do you know you want to do this? Right. You know, I have a ton of students that say, oh, yeah, I want to major in psychology. I say, okay, why do you want to major in psychology? Well, because all my friends talk to me about their problems okay so you understand that's not exactly the same but they'll go to school major in psychology be there for years and then as a junior or senior realize you know what i don't think this is what i want to do anymore and they change majors and there's a lot of opportunities out there for students to make wise decisions and actually possibly end up getting college paid for yeah. But it's all about your plans. You really do have to have a plan now. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. Definitely. On um, when you when you went through school, did you have a plan? Somewhat. Somewhat. Okay. So yeah. this is this is from experience. Yeah, cuz yeah. I'm I'm a pretty stubborn guy. So um and, and I was pretty self-aware early yeah. on, so I had a good idea of what I wanted to do. Just not exactly how I was going to make it happen. Right. But my my major was public relations and my minor is music business. Um, but you were smart enough to do music, music business because you understood the business end of, of a dream. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's I what I always tell kids. Right. That they've got these dreams. I said, are you going to learn? And my dad did that to me because he, he knew I wanted to be a cartoonist. He mm-hmm. said, go get a marketing major. I right. said, what does that have to do with, with being a cartoonist? He said, there are a lot of people got to draw you, but they can't outbeat you at business. Said, exactly. Yeah, smart move on that. So um, just talk about a few things about life here i guess some of your personal observations you know what's talk about fatherless homes and the impact that brings to kids i think that of course the the father specifically has a huge impact but even more so just positive male figures yeah and, and just that balance there's um there were encounters and like i said i before i was working to get to college i taught I was teaching elementary. I taught first grade for a few really? years. Yeah. See, I would think you'd be an awesome elementary school teacher. I mean, it was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't pay anything, but it was yeah. loads of fun. But just seeing the, the impact, the difference of the reactions that the students would have when I spoke to them to when the um, female teacher or the women yeah. teachers would talk to them, it was just a, a totally different dynamic. And not saying that they couldn't do the job, because of course they could. Um, but just having that, me being there as support to help balance it out, you know, I, I'd have students to say, oh, Mr. Brown, I wish you were my dad. And that kind of stuff just oh, broke wow. me down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, at one point when I, one year I was, we had about 29 kids in first grade and I asked them to raise their hand. I can't remember what we were doing, but if their dad, um, lived at home with them and only about six of them did it Wow. in the class of 29 and yeah. they're only six years old. Like how's your dad already gone? He's six years old. You right. Know? But, um, 
fortunately I was I was blessed to to grow up with my father and so I just try to be that same positive male figure in a lot of kids' lives whoever I come in contact with. I know. I remember I was reading at a, a local elementary school and, and the teacher said you're the only probably male influence I have in their life. And, man, that made me come back every Tuesday. I was right. there, I was there reading because, I mean, I took that important. We do have a caller right now. Our question of the day is this. If you could receive only one present this year, what would it be? It's Andrew in Gulfport. Hello, Andrew. Hi. Hey, what, what present would you get? Uh, I would like to get a new car. A new car? I yeah, wish I wish this were the Oprah show or I'd give you one. But. <laughs> what kind of car? Uh, well, one that's reliable. I mean, my, mine's like a 2001, and it's just pieces of it are breaking, and I know eventually it's going to be the point where I just can't pay for something that breaks. Right. Yeah, right, no, I understand right. that. That's huge. And I mean, it, being able to get to work is kind of important. So great call, Andrew. Thank you. And I, yeah, hope, Santa's, I hope Santa's good to you on that. <laughs> right. So. Uh, yeah, well, Santa's the only hope right now. Yeah, <laughs> see if you can get it down the chimney. That may be the only thing that's holding him back. So <laughs> thanks well, for your call. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Uh, what's next for you? Cause uh, you're a busy guy. A lot, man, a lot. Um, so um, we have Jackson Indie music week coming up. Yeah. So I'm going to be performing then. And I'm also going to be releasing a video from, from one of the songs from the album. It's a song called the results. And I'm really, really excited about it. Cause I think it's, it's cool. It's kind of cinematic. So yeah, I'm excited about that, but I'm also getting into movie scoring, man. That's what I want. That's Excellent. what I really, really want to do. So if you're not changing, you're dying, right? Yeah, exactly. You exactly. Got to keep evolving. If you don't evolve, you dissolve. That's right. But I, I definitely, I, mean, I just really appreciate you coming in and talking a little bit because I always like hearing people that have had dreams and have figured out how to how to do it. And, and there's still so much more. There's so much more that I want to do, you know. And and I, I've loved being able to do that from this little town called Jackson. Yeah. You know, I, I really appreciate because a lot of people think you have to leave to, to become anything. But there's so much that we have to offer right here within the city limits. Um, and like I said, I want to take it further for sure. But when you hear people say, oh, you know, the city doesn't support you and where you're from, Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I've never felt that. I totally feel the love for my city. Well, and the, <laughs> and the beauty of technology is now you can do it in your bedroom and... Exactly. You're good. Exactly. Exactly. And, and still buy dog treats for your dog. Oh, he's spoiled already. Man. He is. He's sitting at home right now wondering why aren't you there feeding him? <laughs> yes, he is. He is. That's funny how dogs are like that. How can folks find out more about you? Well, they can definitely go to the website, fifthchildmusic.com. That's the number five, T-H, child music. Uh-huh. Um, they can contact me on any of my social media. It's all at fifthchildmusic, at the number five, T-H, child music. Um, I have a YouTube page. I'm on Pandora, Spotify, iTunes. Please buy some music. Come to a show. Exactly. Help yeah. support my dog, right? As, uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> shows are very high energy, too. Fifth Child is a great performer. So I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Rita B. Fantastic. So, <laughs> and your next show is coming up with Music Week, right? Jackson right, Jackson Indie Music Week. I'll be performing on January 13th at Hell and Fantastic. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you so much. It's nice to finally meet you. Yeah, man. it's I've good to meet you, too. following you for years. It's <laughs> like, you're not half as old as I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the next question I get. All right. Hey, great show today. I want to thank Seneca Wilson for coming in. Of course, Fifth Child as well. I want to thank Sharon for producing a great show and for wearing that awesome hat. All right, coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking. We will see you next Monday. Fighting over guns, but I'd rather be righteous than right when it's said and done. You cheating the reaper when you surviving through the slums. But they taking all the cake and slide nice and on the crumbs. They handing you a plate. You start stuffing your face. Wonder why them belly full.